Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, I want to. We're going to start with a bit of a fun question. We usually just kind of fuck around at the beginning of the of the episode and, and whatever. But I, I we're going to we're going to start with that messing around with a mailbag question, and that's going to be the entirety of the show, everybody. I was wondering. I, it kind of took me by surprise when you and I played ping pong that you weren't more <laughs> like. You weren't more like rah rah, like th- that. You weren't that. You weren't like more. You didn't talk more crap. I was surprised uh-huh. by that. But I was wondering. Somebody asked. Saw the kid wrote or writes uh, whether or not like you are. You're more rah rah. You like to talk crap while you play two K NBA Jam, etc. That's a good. So I'm more like kobe biting his jersey mode you Uh know like i'm like i want to annihilate you and that's all i'm (laughs) focused on uh that is more my style and i will talk crap before and after Ah, but but during during. i'm very i'm very focused on on beating your ass so yeah (laughs) yeah it took me by surprise because like i've watched laker games with you and like you are you you cheer like you are you you live in the moment of 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 those lakers games and i i figured when we would play ping pong or or if you and i were to play nba jam or 2k that you would be like that in that environment but i guess it's two different things it's a little different when you are are partaking personally versus right. watching the other team watching the team do their thing right yeah i have no control over what the lakers do so i'm going to cheer and yell at my tv and wish that i had control right like all of yeah. it is like what are you doing no weak side <laughs> you know like just yelling like uh, that that is how i watch laker games you've outed me and that's definitely how I, how i do that but yeah during if i have any control over it i'm like what's anthony's tendencies how's his backhand <laughs> can he go to his left you know like that's all all of that's going through. Is he tired right now? Can I All get him that. another margarita? Right, yeah. <laughs> Anthony, let, drink three margaritas and let's play some ping pong. How about that? Yeah. So I can feel good about myself. Pete's uh, really good at ping pong, everybody. I'm just, I'm just giving you guys a heads up. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of. I, it depends on who I'm playing. Like, if I uh-huh. recognize that my my shit talking can actually really get in somebody's head, that's when uh-huh. I'll talk a little bit more. You know, yeah, I, I remember like when playing basketball, the people I would talk trash to would be like, I feel like they deserve it. You know, like they yeah. do something kind of dickish yeah. like to instigate and then that'll get me yeah. in that mode exactly. or like I want to eviscerate you psychologically, too. <laughs> right. You know, uh, but but I'm usually not the one to start it. It's funny. I, I remember Kobe like specifically saying or, or saying, saying something along the lines of like, you can always tell I don't like somebody. Because I don't say anything to them over the course of a game. Oh, interesting! But it's the guys. It's the guys that I like and I respect that will just will will talk back and forth with on the court. You know, mm-hmm. and I forget who it was he was playing, and I remember like it was like the day or two, the game or two after he gave that quote, and he didn't say jack crap to whoever it was he was playing, and I was like. Oh yeah, he really doesn't like this guy. This is, it made <laughs> yeah, it a lot more yeah. fun to watch him rip him to pieces quietly. That was that was kind of yes. fun. 
All right. The next question here comes from Groove. Uh, challenge for Anthony and Pete. I, too, am a, Mar- am a Marvel comic fan, although I do slightly prefer the DC characters. Back around 1996, DC and Marvel teamed up and issued a series of DC versus Marvel editions that featured superheroes from each ba- universe battling each other. Here's a challenge. With Anthony choosing, choosing either DC or Marvel and Pete choosing the other, create your five-on-five battle with one rule. Whoever battles each other has to have comparable powers. So, you know... Superman against Captain Marvel, whatever. <laughs> I, you're not. You, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what's going. This on. is this is not a great question for Pete. <laughs> this is this is like us building off of a, an inside joke that you and I have that I like to ask you Marvel questions. You, you right. would have no idea. <laughs> you would have no idea. What uh, is happening right now? <laughs> All right, so I, I'll, I'll wait for this one. I'll wait on this one for Harrison because Pete, Pete, the whole. I've never seen I some name five of them. <laughs> I've never seen somebody's eyes glaze over in real time like that. That was wild. <laughs> I'll save that for Harrison. Uh, okay, thank you, thank you. I it would be fun to like just invent characters for you. No, right. You have, like, you have oh, yeah, no idea. Guy, like some guy that doesn't exist at all. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you have Captain Underpants. I have uh, this – I've been holding on for a long time. But like people don't understand the weirdness, like the degree to which I am behind in pop culture or just not plugged in. Mm-hmm. It's not like a good or a bad thing, but it's just like – yeah. Like this, I don't mean this in a bad way, but you ever meet somebody who's like homeschooled and they just didn't have the same experiences yeah. that you did, right? And like, it doesn't make them good or bad. It's just, yeah, or from like a different portion of the country, different or, or of the from world. another country altogether, right? Yeah. It's just so this is something that like this summer I've discovered Frank Ocean and Anderson Pack, right? And like, yeah. <laughs> people were laughing when I tweeted that, and they're like, "Welcome to 2012," you know? I'm like, "Well, you know, that's good for me." So you're still ahead of the times by my standards. I, I certainly listen to like Tupac. Like that's the extent of Nas, Kanye, young Kanye, not even old Kanye, mm-hmm. is the extent of my 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 hip hop stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that would be a fun question for us to answer, though. Like just just you'd go you'd go Superman. All right, name name the the comic book characters that you know. Okay, um, Superman, Batman, mm-hmm. Captain America. <laughs> Yeah, he's one. He's one. Um, okay, cool, cool. Is, does Thanos count? <laughs> no, he doesn't count. He doesn't have like his own series, right? Not really. No. Aqu- Aquaman. That's yeah. He's right? one. He's one. Yeah. Aquaman. Okay. He um, plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder right now. It's great. Okay. Um, uh, Black Panther. There you go. Uh, um, that was a really. Good, did you see? Please tell me you saw that movie. I, I think did. you you no, would actually enjoy actually, that movie. I actually enjoyed that one. Yeah, yeah I actually. Like that. I think I've seen two of the, maybe three of the, what are there, like 22 Marvel movies? <laughs> yeah. There's like eight more that were just announced, too. All, all of them are like thanks to my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, who's the big rock guy? The guy that's made out of rocks? Uh, the Thing? Like from the Fantastic Yeah, Four? yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> that's. I could have said anything. Yeah, yeah, that guy. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably do a couple more, but that's about the extent that I know. All right, let's answer one more before we go to break. Uh, just turned 24. I thought back on some birthday memories. One that sticks out is when I found a caterpillar in my salad, got the whole $200 check covered, and then another $100 uh, gift card. Do you and Pete have any memorable or funny birthday stories? Oh, man. 
Birthdays weren't really – gosh, I'm like just getting exposed for how tremendously weird I am in this show. <laughs> Birthdays weren't really a thing in my family. Uh-huh. Like it was like happy birthday. It's yeah. about the extent of it. You know, maybe – Shake you, a hand, like a handshake. Right. And then- yeah, maybe you went out to a restaurant or something for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've never really been a thing for me, so I don't really have much in the way of stories on that. How yeah. about you save, save me here, please? Let's see. Why, why are we not talking about basketball? This is the only thing I'm good at. Like, <laughs> like out here naked. Because we're, like, we're sitting here on July 23rd, Pete. You didn't prepare me for this, Anthony. What the- <laughs> All right. Uh, my weird basketball story or weird birthday story. Well, I mean, every birthday since 21 has gotten at least a little weird. Uh, so so I don't I don't need to get into details on that. You guys can kind of piece the, together why that might be. I do remember I had a birthday when I was about, I would probably say about 12 or 13, where uh, I had never been to a Laker game before. Oh, no. All right. I got it. I got it. I got it. Better story. Better story. So for my birthday, the, remember when the Lakers played back at the Forum? They played the Warriors back at the Forum in the preseason a few years back. Oh, oh, oh! When they were, they weren't. They were already in Staples, right? Like, yeah, this yeah. Is recently, but they played the that one preseason game. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So, uh, so for my birthday, Jen, uh, we were we were still dating at the time. We weren't engaged or married or anything like that. But Jen got me a. We we got tickets to go watch them play at the Forum. We got really good seats. After the game, it was really cool. They opened up the Forum Club. To every mm-hmm. everybody, sweet. That's awesome. And yeah, it was badass. So we and, and we were just like you know we, so the game was kind of winding down, and I told Jen like, hey, we aren't going to have very many opportunities. Just like kick it in the forum very often. So we we skipped the end of the game. Okay. Uh, we just kind of it was a preseason game anyway, so sure. we just kind of sure. skipped yeah. out, walked up and 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 walked around the lower bowl, and we had really good seats. So. Uh, I, we were we we walked up and we made our way to where I thought the forum club was, and lo and behold, it was open to the public. And so we 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 walk in there. And the game was still going on, so people were still kind of like filtering in. And uh, I'm sitting there, and the game ends. People really start filtering in, and. Sit, sitting down next to me is is Bill Burka. He like he she pops down, um, orders himself a Jack and Coke, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just kind of sitting there. And 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 I'm looking at Jen like Jen, this is this is this is like a Laker icon. And she's like, well, say hi. And I'm like, ah. and then I completely freeze. I absolutely <laughs> and uh, like just utterly freeze. And I I turn over to Bill and I go. Hey Paul, and I thought he was Paul Westfall. <laughs> like I, 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 I greeted him as if he was Paul Westfall. They don't look anything alike. They, they look nothing at all alike. And I was like, Hey, Mister Westfall, and he goes, Oh no, yeah. He goes, No, son, I'm, I'm Bill Burka. And I was like, Fuck, I knew that. What the hell? Oh, no. <laughs> but he played. He was super, like, incredibly, incredibly nice. I'm sitting there, and my face is red talking about this right now. It was like one of the more embarrassing yeah. moments of my life. Uh, but he was super nice doing it. I got to meet Stu Lance at that thing. That was pretty. That was really, really cool. Um, Mitch Kupchak walked by, and you know, given like the the scene, I thought it was like a you know, all these people were walking around and sitting down and just kind of mingling around people. And I thought that was going to be the case with Mitch. So, like, he walked by, and I was like, hey, Mitch. And he just, like, stone cold walked by, <laughs> walked straight through, right to his spot at the bar. Uh, there's a great 
Jim Buss story that I could tell, but I won't because uh-huh. it's it's not great for it's not great yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for this I've audience. I've heard that story. <laughs> and actually, come to think of it, I have a birthday story that I can't tell on. Uh, on. But yeah, that was that's the that's my birthday story. Jen, Jen, like right there. Well, she I already knew before then, but that just like hammered home. Yep, I'm gonna marry this girl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. All right, let's take a quick second here. When we come back, we'll see if we can answer some basketball questions and get Thank to a point. God, where Pete is more comfortable all right are you ready yeah all right (laughs) uh somebody's bagels is asking great job guys love the episodes they get me through the long summer days few quick questions one who are some players on other teams that the lakers should target in trades uh when when their contracts are movable and who should they give up uh i'm thinking of getting getting rid of kcp dudley or even rondo if he's struggling if he's if rondo is struggling sure uh well Two, pineapple on pizza. And three, do you watch impractical, impractical Jokers? Let's start with one. Who do you think, you know, is, is there anybody on any, in, on any other roster that you're looking at and might become available and make sense for, for what the Lakers might need? The guys I'm looking at are more on the buyout market. Um, I believe KCP, again, has a no-trade clause. Not that that's negotiated in, into his contract, but just as a function of him signing yeah. like a one-plus-one type of deal. Um, so as a result, uh, I, I think it's more likely that we get a buyout guy. Like My A1 top guy that's sort of possibly potentially able to do it would be Kyle Lowry from Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's making like $33 million. That's why he'd be a difficult guy to trade for. That's He's somebody that I would imagine that another contender will probably trade for him because <clears throat> I think we'd like to keep Danny Green. Mm-hmm. And aside from that, like getting the contract numbers to work to get up to 33 million would be difficult. But if Toronto doesn't play well, if it's, you know, February and they're out of the playoff race, which I don't, I think they'll still be a playoff team, but if, if not, then, you know, maybe Lowry, who's going to be a free agent this summer anyway, maybe he asks Masai like, Hey, can you do me a solid? And, you know, I think it's more likely Masai trades him, but mm-hmm. if not, can you do me a solid and buy me out? Uh, aside from, aside from him, you know, I'm, I'm scouring the, the, point guard type of markets and all of the guys like if chris paul was making a reasonable salary he'd be a nice addition right as as problematic as chris paul can be um you know if he's your third guy i think that you're a pretty good team but just all these guys are making so much money that it'd be difficult to pull off a trade so like lowry or goran Dragic, those are two guys that i'd be looking for on the buyout market but as of now and i could look more into it i don't see much in the in the areas of what the lakers need how about you i agree with the overall sentiment The, the thing to remember here is that it's going to be really hard for the Lakers to make any real trades now because they don't have much in terms of draft compensation. So, like, if it, right. the only way that they would be able to get somebody is in a salary dump kind of a situation. Right. And, you know, with with those kinds of guys, you're almost better off waiting to see what hits the buyout market because you're going to be trading a role player anyway. So. Right. And and along those lines, the Lakers have their pick this draft and then probably have their pick the, in 2021, the following year. But they can't trade either of them due to the Stepien rule. So the Lakers can trade this, this pick this year after they make it. Mm-hmm. But since they traded the 2019 pick and since the 2021 pick is that's the pick a pick swap 
uh, I'm sorry, that's a year where the protections are. If it's top eight, the Pelicans get it. But if it's below that, the Lakers get it. Mm-hmm. And it's probably going to be below that. The, and then you wind up having to wait. <laughs> right. So all you know, details aside, Lakers can't trade picks, like yeah. you said. And so that's usually when teams are looking to salary dump guys. That's usually what they're looking for in return if that guy's still any good. It's can I get young players and or picks. Yeah. And the Lakers just don't have much in the way of either. Right. Uh, the second part of that question was pineapple on pizza. How do you feel about that? I'm a hard no on that, and I know you Come are. On. You are totally for it. It's just, yeah, man, just no. It's just no. Like, is it? Is it like? Is it a tasting? Is it a principle yes. thing? No, it's a taste thing. Do Why you would like it be pin- a principle thing? It's friggin' food. It's you, gross. Do you like pineapple in general? Pineapple is my favorite fruit. What the hell? <laughs> So like pineapple, good pizza, you good put, pineapple on you put pizza. Corn no. on your ice cream, huh? No, do you put corn on your ice cream? But pineapple corn, like corn like is in my do favorite corn fruit. On my ice cream, no, corn is in my favorite right, fruit. But what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is, just because you like two different things doesn't mean that they go together. In this case, it does. Okay, so what's your I, favorite? What's your what's your what's your favorite? Are you like a pizza traditionalist snob? Like, is is it only pepperoni? Is it only cheese? <laughs> No, no. I, I am like a meat lover's pizza okay. kind of guy, but I'll do a works type of pizza, you mm-hmm. know, like from, from time to time. Oh, Costco's but, uh, work pizza. Wor- works pizza. Yeah. yeah, very good. Like that's the best. If you're just, Costco pizza is kind of like the in and out of, of pizza, oh, in Lord. my opinion. It, so here's why. The price matters. Like in, when, when yeah. people talk about how like in and out is overrated, they, they seem to – they love to overlook the fact that you can go in and out for 10 bucks. Like you can get a double-double double meal true. for 10 bucks. Whereas that's like fair. you go to Five Guys, you're spending 20 bucks for, for, sure. your, for, your, for your meal. Um, Costco pizza, like you can get out of there with an extra large combo for a real nice price. I think it's like $10. It's like 10, 12 bucks, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So – Costco, that's that's the hot take to come out of this. If you guys want to clip an audio, it's me comparing Costco to In-N-Out. Um, but pineapple on – all right, objectively speaking, pineapple, ham, bacon, jalapeno is the best pizza you're going to get. It's so good. You got, like, you got the spice. You got the sweet. You got the saltiness of the ham and the bacon. Umami. That is the, like, 2018-19 Lakers of pizza. It just makes no <laughs> goddamn sense anywhere. Does, like. <laughs> How dare you? Ham and bacon provide plenty of spacing, Pete. <laughs> We're not going to see eye to eye on this. Let's move on. Uh, do you watch Impractical? I've never watched Impractical Jokers, have you? I know that's where the name Cranjus McBasketball comes from, oh. and that's the entirety of, of my knowledge of that. All right. Uh, let's go. You know what? This next question is going to take a little while. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a bit of a discussion, so we're going to take a quick second. When we come back, we're going to we're going to talk about player control in professional sports coming out of their rookie deals. All right, Q Breezy Twelve writes: How do you feel about the control of young talent in the NBA? Uh, it's four years control plus restricted free agency versus the NFL, four years of control and a 50-year option, uh, or, or Major League Baseball, six years control and three years of arbitration. Are there any major changes you'd like to see, uh, or, or would you ever see something like this changing, uh, you know, instead of having restricted free agency, would you bring a franchise plat- tag into play? How do you feel? Let's start, though, with, like, comparing the leagues. Which league do you think has it closest to the best? I don't think any of them do it particularly well. Yeah, that's, I mean, because in baseball, you'll get these really productive guys, and then they've got years under team control, and then yeah. arbitration 
generation, you know, what, four or five years, you yeah. know, that's better than I would, but they're making pennies relative to the, to the top guys. And then by the point. time they, they, they actually hit free agency, like we saw it this year, Craig Kimball just went unsigned. It was wild. Right. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, in football, it, it's probably the best. Have they implemented like a rookie cap? Like I remember the guys like Matthew Stafford were getting, you know, a yeah. hundred million dollar contracts. Ryan, I that, think put the end of it. Like he was okay. the last big contract and then they put in basically, you know, you, if you get drafted here, this is how much you're making. Right. And that's similar to what the NBA does. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd say the NFL is the best one and that's tepid praise, but, um, yeah it's the earliest that a guy can make a decision with his own career. Like my, I I don't like how long teams control rookie, rookie contracts. I understand it from a competitive balance standpoint. I just don't necessarily think it's right for a guy to not be able to choose where he wants to go. Or if he does like, you know, the best option, if a guy just wants to get the hell out of somewhere, the best option a player has is to sign the qualifying offer for the Mm -hmm. fifth year. And then, but then he's giving up a lot of money, right? There's a crazy risk to that. And he's giving up a lot of money just from a moral standpoint. I don't like Mm -hmm. people. People not being able to choose where they where they work, even if they are multimillionaires. Um, but I, I do understand it from a competitive balance standpoint. But I would like them. I mean, like when the Lakers signed Shaq, Shaq was coming off of his rookie deal. He was only 24 years old. You're not mm-hmm. signing a 24 year old in unrestricted free agency. That just doesn't really exist anymore yeah. unless you're talking about a fringe NBA player. So I, I would like them to go back to to that where a guy can decide in, in earnest, decide where he wants to go fairly early on in his career career but i do understand why they don't do that how about you did you happen to read the the zach lowe and and brian winhorse thing that the owners were complaining about free agency and all the tampering and all that stuff did you read that it dropped this morning yeah i i saw a little portion of it about you know possibly opening up an investigation or something along those lines but i didn't read the whole thing well so it's going to be interesting because they're they're talking about you know should they put free agency before the draft and should they open up free agency as soon as the finals end and and they they had all these possibilities right and they were looking into to really hammering down locking down on on player to player tampering and and these things right and it's it feels like something that they're going to have to negotiate in in the next CBA uh, yeah. is if they really want to go there and it'll be interesting to see the problem is. Like rookies and guys coming in on their rookie deals, they aren't really represented in the players' union. Uh, yeah, and and so they just they continue to get screwed time after time after time, and it's it's really too bad. It, there's there's some similarities to be made about young voters and and <laughs> for but, sure. And there's yeah, there's a political element of it where the leadership, the people that put the most pressure on the leadership of the NBA Players Association are the middle class of the yeah. NBA. And so really, what you see are guys getting squeezed on both ends, right? We've talked before about how LeBron could be making seventy five million a year, right. and it's probably still a bargain, right? But how many max guys are there in the NBA? 20, 25, 30, mm-hmm. maybe. But you're talking about a players association with 500 people in it. And then so you've got, you know, 400 and some odd people saying wanting more, uh, you know, having their interests represented. And then on the other end, on the rookie end, you've got players who aren't even in the league to speak for themselves. And if they are, they're 19, 20 year olds that, you know, don't know how to lobby for themselves and right. don't understand these tor- types of dynamics. So they get screwed too. So yeah, I get squished on both ends for the sake of a, a, a larger middle class. It, it It is what it is. It's not going to change. I think it would be better if there wasn't some of the restrictions on the low end and on yeah. the high end for the league, but it's just not going to not going to change. Well, the, the reason I brought up the, the CBA aspect of this and, and how the, the young players especially really get screwed because there isn't very much representation there is 
really, if they were to fix that, like restricted free agency and 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 how much team control these teams have at the beginning of players' uh, careers, I think you'd have less. I don't want to say embittered, but but you know, less annoyed players by the time they actually hit free agency. Like, I, I, if I were if I were an NBA player, and I finally, after six seven years of team control, finally have the opportunity. Like that, that I think that went into to how Kawhi Leonard treated his free agency, right? Like mm-hmm. he he went into his free agency having been, you know, had his name uh, dragged through the mud in, in San Antonio, and then. Uh, he gets shipped off to a, an entirely different country and had no control over that, right? And then by the time he actually had control, he went a little nuts and, and went in the other direction where he was like, I'm going to have all the control and screw mm-hmm. everybody else. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I would if, – if the NBA or if these professional leagues offered a little bit more representation to these younger players so that by the time they, they, they can maybe hit free agency, have a little bit more control over their – over their uh, destinies or over their careers a little earlier in in them, then I, I think you would see less stark comparisons between puppy-eyed, green-eyed, or green-eared, whatever the, the phrase is, uh, rookies who come into the league, and then you know these embattled stars by the time they finally get to, to make some decisions for themselves. No, that's a great point. And further along those lines, I'd love to see them do more to financially educate young yeah. players coming into oh. the league, not just like a weekend or a week-long symposium, but like put some infrastructure in place where yeah. this is an ongoing thing. We see two – like, bro, I, I saw on Twitter this morning that like Joe Adrian Smith. Peter – or Joe Smith, right? Yeah. Or Adrian Peterson is broke. You're yeah. a Vikings fan, right? Yeah. Friggin' Adrian Peterson yeah. is broke. Now, we could be, oh, he made bad decisions and that's his fault. Well, yeah, that's true. But can we – like I would have done some – dumb shit with millions of dollars when I was 19, 20 years old, you know, and if I didn't have any like financial literacy and just when you do that, you're just setting up an equation for this to happen. Yeah. Over and over and over and it, again. And it would and really think, it would really help come like lockout and, and CBA negotiation time because like these guys are living paycheck to – these millionaires are living paycheck to paycheck, right? And if you offer them a little bit more fi- financial security and financial uh, – what was the term you just used? Fluency and literacy. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Like if, if, if you offered them a little bit more intelligence on this front, it gives you a little bit more leeway to be able to negotiate, maybe lockout if you have to and really mm-hmm. put your foot down on, on some – like it's just – the whole dynamic here is very short-sighted. It's kind of frustrating. But, yeah, I, I, I don't see any of this changing anytime soon. I think it would if, if you really wanted to make meaningful change in these professional leagues. The, the unions would have to allow more representation of young players at the very beginning of their careers. What's wild is that nobody likes restricted free agency. Not a single per like no no entity in the NBA enjoys restricted free agency. Teams don't like it. The only people who like it are the owners. That's it. Like that's the only mm-hmm. people who kind well, that, of like that it. means a, that yeah. matters a lot, though. Unfortunately, it there does. are, you know, 30 people, 31, if you count Adam Silver, who, you know, really pulled the, a lot of the levers in the league. And I'm interested to see how that power, power dynamic, like one thing with the next collective bargaining agreement, which looks to come up in 21 or 22, I don't remember, is the TV deal is going to be smaller. Think of how our media consumption has changed for sports mm-hmm. since, like how many cord cutters are there? Right. How many people are streaming to watch games? And so the revenue isn't coming in. And that's actually part of the reason 
Adam Silver, who I, I think is very smart about this sort of thing, Adam Silver being open to like the NBA participating in gambling yeah. and getting some of the revenue off of that. Mm-hmm. Because they're trying to make some money, make up some of the money they're going to be losing. The next TV deals, when ESPN comes up and all of that, they're not going to be as lucrative as the last ones because of a change in our consumption habits of of those games. What you started to see as a result of those TV deals not paying off the same way that they do is you have a lot more shows like The Jump. You have – you have you they're, they're they're trying to get those rights back and and yeah i mean the, the nba is going to have to make a trade off there either in terms of that that uh mid-season tournament they were talking about players making themselves more available to the to the the corporate entity like it's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out mm-hmm. uh next question here comes from la 2482 uh hey anthony my question is pretty simple if caruso can do the things you talked about in his season preview uh defending at the point of attack hitting the open three not turning it over could he potentially become the kind of point guard that Derek fisher was that's good i actually like that um mm-hmm. Fisher Fisher fit what we did. He fit alongside Kobe and he he along with Kobe formed the leadership of a team and like the mentality of what those teams were. I don't think Caruso has so I don't think Caruso has that same leadership type of quality that no. innate uh you know ability that Fisher had but from a functional standpoint on the court yeah I do think that that's a, a decent comparison I actually always thought I always thought Fisher was a little overrated on the defensive end maybe yeah. that's years of watching Mike Bibby and Troy Hudson and mm-hmm. other basically like, any small quick point guard any small now as I've gotten older and I've learned more about basketball and I've done the LFR stuff or I've really dove into it, I wonder how much of that was Shaq not just not getting out of the damn paint ever. So like <laughs> in a dr- constant drop coverage and so yeah. Fish is fighting over the screen while that guy's getting a clean look. Um, but but yeah, I do think that that's a, a decent comparison. I do think also that Caruso's athleticism exceeds what Fisher was at any point in his mm-hmm. career. So And that adds a, an additional element. I believe Caruso is also like two or three inches taller. Yes. Fisher yes. was stockier, but Caruso being Caruso's six, five man, mm-hmm. like he's listed at six, five. And, you know, for me, it, the, the, the thing that I've always wanted in my LeBron point guards has been the size to be able to switch if need be and, and just hit the three pointer. That's it. And then, you know, when you, when you have the ball in your hands, don't turn it over, you know, be able to stay in front of your guy, that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. In theory, Caruso has the opportunity to, be, to really be, you know, kind of the prototypical LeBron point guard. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think it's a great opportunity for him. It's why I'm, I'm, I'm going to be banging the drum for him to win mo- uh, most improved player this year. I, Let's hope he gets the minutes. I'm still at a point where, like, I'm concerned that he's going to be politically – buried yeah. on the bench to start out with. Now the contract they signed him to was somewhat encouraging from a hey we expect this dude to actually play yeah. standpoint, but with Avery Bradley and Rondo in the fold, I and and even Quinn Cook, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just really curious to see how those minutes shake down because I can definitely see a scenario where he's not even getting the minutes necessary to be in the conversation for a most improved type of player. Yeah. Fun fact with Derek Fisher, Kobe never won a title without him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Uh, I, I got to I got to make that joke in front of Fisher one time at one of those like uh, spectrum things and he got a kick out of it. 
he he enjoyed <laughs> that. He he made sure to to. I'm sure he said he was going to roll away that to Kobe and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, London loves Lakers. Writes Anthony, living in Europe for 18 years and stay connected with the Lakers through you, Pete, and the rest of your great guests. Look forward to your excellent podcast. Thank you. Uh, I'm interested to know what roster would be better: the current Lakers roster with LeBron and AD, or the roster without LeBron had he chosen a different destination, opening the Lakers door to Leonard, uh, George, keeping the core, and other add-ons. I, I mean, you have the best duo in the league right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, also, does Anthony Davis want to come here if LeBron isn't? Like, is, yeah. is Anthony Davis pushing... Like, do do we go into free agency with Anthony Davis on the team in the first place? Because, yeah, maybe that's appealing to Kawhi. Maybe not. Yeah. I Like, maybe that's appealing to Paul George. Maybe not. Like, to me, Paul, Paul George... I don't think wanted the burden of coming here, meaning that like if he wanted to win that summer, the right place to go was in OKC, but it wasn't L.A. either. Mm-hmm. Go to Philly. Philly had like Philly needed exactly his type of player, a wing who could shoot a two way guy to put alongside Simmons and Embiid. They eventually traded for a similar player in Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Uh, but you re-sign in Oklahoma with Westbrook to like, if things go wrong, Westbrook's going to be the guy that gets the lion's share of the blame for that. And you can kind of operate in relative anonymity and have a great year, which you did. But if you don't go very far, like who gives a crap? Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if, PG comes in the first place. I'm happy with where we are. That's my long-winded way of saying that. Although I do understand the what if we zigged instead of zagged. One thing I wonder is if we just did this a little more slowly. Yeah. Can would this have been something where we have some of the young guys going into age 24, 25, and a couple of superstars on top of that? That's the team that I wanted to see, but. That would have required, I think, a little bit more patience. And LeBron, when you sign LeBron, like if you get a chance to do that, you don't say, "Oh no, we're going to wait till 2020." So it wasn't realistic in the first place. Yeah, I, and you know, the, the, one of the options here is like continue building with the young core. I think right now we're, we're still at a point where the young core was the idea of the young core, not so much what those guys actually were turning into. I still have major questions about the Lakers' ability to actually develop youth, like legitimate, legitimate questions there, and we. We let all of them go by the time they're 21 years old. Like, yeah. it's not like – so, look, Kenny Atkinson was a great player development guy, and it's not a coincidence that he developed well in Brooklyn. But part of that is just him getting older. Yeah. Dude was super talented, and now he's, like, 23. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I always say – so, the the – prime of a player's career is around 27 28 years old and the further away from that you are the worse of a player yeah. you are on the older end if you're mm-hmm. 35 you're seven years seven eight years away from your prime but the same thing's true on the other end where if you're 19 or 20 you're seven eight years away from your right. prime as well and so just like I, I agree with your point that we did not have the best player development in and it's that's why the phil handy stuff gives me a chuckle mm-hmm. uh because now we do although most of those guys are gone but also just like we just didn't have the patience to rebuild yeah. in that way but that's part of my point yeah that's part of my point is that like i don't i don't think the lakers as an organization were patient enough to actually rebuild that way we're actually willing to take the losses the bumps in the road that you see during those development stints so and but at the end of the day we're still a championship contender this year at least yeah on paper, like right? this is so, this is a perfectly yeah. fine this is a perfectly fine that's why you know if the, so the question is basically like would you rather have the two like the bird in the hand of the two in the bush Right. Mm-hmm. Is right, there right. is there is there was there a better route to get where they could be better where they are right now? And and personally the bird that I have in my hand is perfectly fine. Yeah. 
Uh, Clarky2370 writes, Hey, Anthony, huge fan of the show from Melbourne, Australia. Just spent the last 30 minutes learning how to make a fake iTunes account so I could get on. <laughs> so I could get on. It's determination. <laughs> Shouts to Clarky2370. And his uh, mama mentality. <laughs> My question is, uh, while we are well aware of the advantages of playing a- Anthony Davis at center, what are your thoughts on the possible advantages of playing him at power forward? I'm sitting here sal- salivating at the idea of the Clippers trying to guard him with Paul George or, I guess, Kawhi Leonard, and the Celtics trying to stop him with Gordon Hayward. Um, well, this is where it's fascinating because Davis essentially has to be so dominant that he overcomes math. You know, as a four, explain that. What do you mean by that? So he has to be so much better than the person guarding him, like the opposing four, that it overcomes uh, the 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 benefit of having another shooter on the court. You know, because essentially, and now it it depends. So if if Boogie is out there hitting three pointers, then this is all a moot point. And then it's then that's what I'm going to get into. Then it's a great then it's a great look either way. But if he isn't knocking down three pointers, if he doesn't regain, you know, because one of the things I'm really nervous about with his Achilles is the ability to actually get that footwork back that made him a good shooter in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Javel, we know that's not going to be a thing, right? And and so. You know, mm-hmm. is Davis if is is would Davis be so much better than the fours that are guarding him uh, that he overcomes the lack of that shooting, the lack of that spacing, and all of that stuff? That's my major question, and and I I I don't necessarily know the answer to it. Most nights, I think yes. I think most nights, I think yes. But but the matchups that you actually really care about, that's where I start to get a little nervous. So the next video that I'm working on is going to be called Boogie in the Brow, right? And mm-hmm. it's going to be I'm, – I'm deep, deep in the weeds on 2017-18 Pelicans footage right now and the good and the bad of that combination. Um, the Everything hinges – and I want to talk about Boogie more because I find myself like really, really loving what this guy can be. And I know he's had a major injury since mm-hmm. this footage that I'm watching. Some of it he can get back. Some of it he's not going to be able to. And I'll cover what I think those things are in a, in a couple of videos from now. But so much depends on Boogie's ability to shoot. And because the way they used him it was a little bit different than you might think. We think of Boogie as this massive, overwhelming, physical brute, which he is. But – It was Davis that was the role man, and he was the guy that was crashing in front of the rim. Boogie spent a lot of time when they played together. Boogie spent most of his time on the perimeter, Mm -hmm. both as a shooter where he shot 35 plus percent from three, but also primarily as a playmaker. And those lineups, when Rondo wasn't on the court, those lineups were really good, in part because Boogie was taking care of that playmaking responsibility that Rondo would have. And Rondo doesn't have much value outside of that that ability, right? Mm -hmm. So – but if Boogie's not a guy where it's like, oh, we have to close out to him at the three-point line, that's going to be difficult. So, But if he is, man, like I don't think there's ever been a front court in NBA history that's as versatile and talented as that trio. Yeah. I, I know that sounds like a big statement, but like DeMarcus Cousins was something else when he was healthy. And I know he's not going to go back to being that guy after the Achilles. But in terms of ball handling ability, passing ability, and Lord knows Boogie is an adventurer in both of those ways, but he's got talent <laughs> yeah. there too. He makes some of the worst damn turnovers you've ever seen in your life, but he's got a lot of talent. And when you combine that with freaking Anthony Davis and LeBron James, 
This can go a couple of different ways, but the good version of it, this is a monstrous front court. And so Lakers need a little bit of luck this season, but it's not out of the question that AD is able to play the four, but it's contingent upon what Boogie can do. Yeah. If the other thing too that that I want to factor in here is if AD is playing the four, that means LeBron also isn't playing the four, and that makes me a little nervous because LeBron sure. at the four is is such a freaking good player. He's so I, you know so. If Boogie works out, and, and if you have that lineup of, of LeBron, Boogie, and AD out there together, then okay. You know, then if that works out, then that's a great lineup with insane upside. But if if Boogie isn't quite right, and you're taking Davis out of that five spot, putting him at the four spot, and then also putting James at the three spot, I, I just that's you're really starting to mess with with what we've learned about the NBA over the last umpteen years. And really, I think where it's more problematic is on the defensive end. Yeah, yeah. That's where you see more of those issues. I think, you know, we talked about the spacing, Boogie's jumper and all of that. That That is workable in some sense, but Boogie can be played off of the floor as a defender because he just yeah. can't get out to the perimeter. Even in his, at his best, you add an Achilles injury in with that, and, and you've got a team— Right, and a quad injury. If you've got an opponent that can space the floor and go five out, has a pick and pop big, things like that, it's probably going to be difficult to keep Boogie on the floor. All right, last question here. I like to end on a fun one. Uh, so this, a version of this question was asked previously. Um, it's from Money Mike H. They say, Anthony, so you said you'd answer my question with Harrison and Pete or when they are both on the show. As soon as I heard that, I knew it would never be answered. Uh, I promise we're trying <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'm trying to get I'm trying to make this work to where we can find an occasion. I here's the thing. Pete and I record this remotely. You guys know this by way of the audio issues that we were having while I was in Vegas. Um when Harrison and Pete and I record, I would prefer that that's all in person because that mm-hmm. makes for a lot better experience. You get the you get the nonverbal communication, you get that stuff, uh, and and I think it makes for a much better show. So I promise we're trying to get that together. We're just it's just a matter of scheduling, and then this time of year is tough. There's also that whole baby thing that's that's kind of getting in the way. Uh-huh. Uh, so so we'll 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 try to make that work. But the question here is. Uh, for you and me, Pete, what was your first takeaway when you met me? And then what was my first takeaway when I met you? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) My, so we went, when we, the first time we met, was that at the spectrum thing or did we meet a time before that? I think we met a time before that. Oh, that's right. We met up at a bar for a Dodger game, wasn't it? And then you nearly threw a no hitter or maybe they did throw a no hitter. They they came close. Yeah. They came close. close, If nothing else. Um, I know I liked you the first time I met you. I thought, you know, you had it. You were a guy that I knew was established uh, or that was at least more established than I was in the Lakers sphere. Um, And, you know, I thought you had some good advice for me on the growth of the brand and whatnot. Then the next time we met, you got drunk and got mad at me for having more followers on Twitter than you do. (laughs) What the fuck's this guy's deal? Right. So that was my early on. And then we walked for like a mile and a half. (laughs) That was the longest walk ever. Yes, it was. We ended up at lobster and beer, I think, is where we ended up at. Yeah. How about, God, God forbid, what was your impression of me? So my first impression was like, holy crap, this dude is like insanely nice. So I, your growth was just monumental. 
it was just it, it took like as soon as you hit the as soon as you hit like Twitter and your because it, it's all about market like that's what you and I talk about more than just about anything is market inefficiencies finding niches and then hammering the crap out of that niche right mm-hmm. and you did that with your video stuff so you took off and I'm I'm very competitive with this stuff uh, uh-huh. I don't I don't. I don't, you know, I try to play it off not as the not as such, <laughs> sure. um, but you know, when we first met, I was like, uh, "This guy is growing like crazy." I don't know what the hell, like, I'm going to be able to do to compete with this guy. He makes a better product because video is just easier than, or not easier, but like, it's easier to portray ideas via video. And this guy figured out a great way to do it. This guy is, in, and so like, I wanted to not like you, and I wanted to like. <laughs> I wanted to be like, I wanted to just like, like find out, okay, yeah, like this guy's just like a weirdo or this guy's just a dick. Like, no. And, and, but then, you know, like an hour later, you and I were just talking about, you know, the good old days with Lakers stuff and, and, and how we can't wait to, to cover like a good team. And, and it took like, like five minutes to realize, okay, yeah, this guy, like, I want to have this guy in my life for like the foreseeable future. I want to, yeah. I would like to work with this guy as much as I possibly can. And, uh, and yeah, it was that it took, it took like no time, but, but yeah, that might, <laughs> I was, I walked into the situation like, all right, maybe I'll, I'll try to find something that I can hammer that I can maybe take advantage of and <laughs> make him dislike part. and exploit. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. It'll make it easier for me to be competitive with this guy. And then like five minutes in, I was like, I can't compete with this guy. I like him too much. And so. then, then we, we became our little mini Avengers by joining forces. Did I do that yeah. right? I don't know how the story is going. <laughs> you so go. There just you trying go. to tie it back to the beginning. Yeah. Here I, I, the, I mean, we could do like more of a Lord of the Rings thing there, right? Like you can, well, were there two hammer. hobbits? Yeah. Is that the hobbit one? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> probably more accurate than we wish to admit. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, let's end the show, Anthony. Anderson <laughs> looks like one of those big trees and everything. Right, Dude, right. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> this was fun, though. This was fun. I promise. So, I promise we're going to get a show together where where Pete Harrison and I are all in the same room and we're recording. You guys seem to really enjoy those shows. The hope was going to be that we could do that more, with more regularity, but contract stuff sucks. But anyway, that'll do it for this episode and this week's episodes of the Locked On Lakers pod. No, no, today's only today's Tuesday. Only Tuesday. Jesus. That's one of the best parts of like covering the NBA. I never know what day it is. I have no idea. What that is. <laughs> it's awesome. I never know what day of the week it is. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and I'll talk to you tomorrow with hopefully a guest that I think you guys will, will probably enjoy. So for now, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll talk to you soon, and, and I'll, i got to go back to figuring out Pete's weaknesses. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game.
the meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.